All right, we will be going shortly uh, to the East Coast to speak with investigative journalist Robert Perry about Gary Webb. But, you know, I, I really liked the essay that Michael Levine wrote, Is Anyone Apologizing to Gary Webb? We would again refer you to the Sacramento News and Review website to be able to read the text of that uh, that piece. But I think I'd like to excerpt it for you because I think he summarized some very key points here. Gary Webb was the journalist who, in a well-researched, understated article entitled The Dark Alliance, linked the CIA-supported Contras to cocaine and weapons being sold to a California street gang. He ended up being hounded out of journalism. And guess what? This is writing in July 19, 98. The CIA finally admitted yesterday, in the New York Times, no less, that they in fact did, quote, work with, unquote, the Nicaraguan Contras while they had information that they were involved in cocaine trafficking to the United States. An action known to us court-qualified experts and federal agents as conspiracy to import and distribute cocaine, a federal felony punishable by up to life in prison. To illustrate how us regular walking around non-CIA types are treated when we violate the law, while I was serving as a DEA supervisor in New York City, I put two New York City police officers in a federal prison for conspiracy to distribute cocaine when they looked the other way at their friend's drug dealing. We could not prove they earned a nickel, nor that they helped their friend in any way. They merely did not do their duty by reporting him. They were sentenced to 10 and 12 years, respectively. The interesting thing to me about the Webb article is that the CIA is provably, and now admittedly, responsible for much larger-scale drug trafficking than Webb alleged or even imagined in his report. In fact, according to a confidential DEA report entitled Operation Hun, which I used as part of the proof to back up the undercover experiences detailed in my book, The Big White Lie, the CIA was actively blocking DEA from indicting many members of the ruling government of Bolivia from 1980 to 1983, during a time period that these same people were responsible for producing more than 90% of the cocaine consumed in the U.S. As CIA Inspector General Hitz himself stated before Congress, it was during this time period that Nicaraguan Contra supporters were buying large amounts of cocaine from these same CIA-protected Bolivians. The gang that can't spy straight certainly did a lot more damage to this nation than, for example, computer company owner Will Foster, who was sentenced to 93 years in prison for possession of 70 marijuana plants for medicinal use. How, you ask, do they get away with it? Well, for one thing, mainstream media, the so-called Fourth Estate, does all it can to help. During the Iran-Contra hearings, when Senators Kerry and D'Amato were making pronouncements before the Senate indicating that the CIA was involved with drug trafficking, Catherine Graham, the owner of the Washington Post, addressed a class of CIA recruits at CIA's Langley headquarters in November 1988 by saying, quote, There are some things the general public does not need to know and shouldn't. I believe democracy flourishes when the government can take legitimate steps to keep its secrets and when the press can decide whether to print what it knows. Apparently, CIA protection of drug trafficking was among those secrets. Thus, it should have been no surprise to those CIA agent recruits when Washington Post reporter and drug expert Michael Itzikoff wrote that there was no credible evidence linking the CIA-supported Contras to cocaine trafficking. At the same time, very credible evidence was being heard by Senator Kerry's committee, indicating that the Contras may have been the top purveyors of drugs to Americans in our history. Neither should it have been a surprise to anyone who heard her statement 
when mainstream media refused to print the news that Oliver North, U.S. Ambassador to Costa Rica Louis Tams, and various top-level CIA officers were banned from ever entering Costa Rica by Nobel Prize-winning President Oscar Arias for drug running. The drugs, by the way, all going to us. Nor should it have been a surprise when Gary Webb was destroyed by mainstream media for doing nothing more or less than telling the truth as he found it. Gary Webb, my friend, you are owed a huge apology, but I doubt that you'll get it. Not in this lifetime. Once again, uh, Michael Levine excerpts from Is Anyone Apologizing to Gary Webb, the full text of which can be found on the Sacramento News and Review website. All right, joining us now on the program, or I should say returning to the program, is investigative journalist uh, Robert Perry, who, uh, who actually, uh, working for the Associated Press, first broke the story in 1985 about the Iran-Contra connection, and he's here to talk about that and Gary Webb. Uh, welcome back, Robert. Thank you. What amazes me about all this story about, about Gary Webb is that uh, they act as though, well, this was never really demonstrated, but you and others were showing this connection 11 years before Gary Webb came on board. Right. We, uh, at, at the Associated Press, Brian Barger and I were following leads, uh, what we considered the Oliver North story. At the time, Ollie North was secretly running or handling the war, coordinating the war uh, in Nicaragua out of the White House. This was the war the Contras were fighting against the Sandinistas. And we were tracking the money trails. Um, and in doing that, in the fall of 1985, we came upon you know, increasingly persuasive evidence, including documents and, uh, and, and, and reliable witnesses who were describing that, that the Contras had gotten involved in, in cocaine trafficking, helping the cartels, basically, uh, as a way to raise money. Uh, which was, you know, I guess it was shocking to us, although thinking back on it, it should not have been so surprising. Um, so we did the, we put together finally the first story um, uh, on this in in December of 85. And actually one of the, I, I even interviewed a, a senior person in the White House, in the Reagan-Bush White House, who, who confirmed that they knew about it. The CIA had reported already to them, and they were aware that like a helicopter had been purchased with drug profits for some of the Contra units. So this was not, this was known. Can we, can we maybe even backtrack a little bit? It occurs to me that I've been talking a lot about this uh, up to this point and realizing that a lot of our listeners being students were, were so, you know, in kindergarten when perhaps <laughs> some of this was happening and maybe don't, aren't, aren't as aware as they might be that, um, that what was happening in Nicaragua was a leftist government was uh, displeased, the, the U.S. government was displeased with the Sandinistas' left-wing government in Nicaragua and was basically funding a mercenary army to overthrow it. Right, and the Congress was getting involved in trying to 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 block this because of the antics and uh, bad behavior of this this Contra army. Right, the Contra army had been involved in a number of human rights violations and effectively acts of terrorism, and Congress uh, objected to that. The Congress was then dominated by Democrats and uh, began to cut off the money first gradually and then sort of in, in a, with some finality by the '85 time frame. So the Contras were looking for other ways to fund themselves, and as was the as the White House was. The White House uh, was arranging money from the Saudi Saudi Arabians. Uh, the Iran Contra connection was that the, the arms sales, the secret arms sales to Iran, were also being funneled back. The profits were being funneled back to some degree to the Contras. So keeping the Contras in the field was a, a high priority of the Reagan administration, 
And so when the, the problem of, of drug trafficking came up, the Reagan-Bush uh, crowd basically saw it as a public relations problem. How do you prevent these things from getting too well-known to the American people? Because if the American people knew the Contras were involved in drug trafficking, it would make it even harder to get uh, the Congress to reverse itself and, and give more money to the Contras. So that was a dilemma that uh, was the backdrop of this. Uh, we now know, though, that the, the actual drug trafficking by the Contras began from the very beginning of their movement uh, back in the 1980-81 time frame when initially the Contras were being trained by the Argentine military, uh, which it was un- involved in very you know, severe anti-communist uh, efforts. Uh, they, they'd done their dirty war in Argentina. They'd gotten involved with the Bolivian cocaine coup and then moved on up to, uh, to Honduras to start training the Contras. And the CIA had reporting on Contras uh, sending drugs to Miami as early as 1981, we now know. Um, so the U.S. government was well aware of the problem, and uh, it was mostly trying to contain it and, uh, and, and prevent the American people from coming to recognize the, the kind of people the United States was working with. Well, there's certainly a lot of money, potentially a lot of money in in drugs, and uh, they grow it, in, particularly cocaine, grown in South America, used in North America. It has to be channeled up through the Caribbean and Central America, where a lot of people could make uh, make make some dough. And the cartel saw it as a way to, by working with the Contras, they bought themselves a certain amount of protection. Uh, the, the, they knew that the U.S. government at that time was not going to look too too closely at the Contras. If the Contras were flying in a you know flying a plane in or, or uh, bring um, uh, shipments in uh, of their own, the U.S. would tend to look the other way. It didn't always work that way, but that was. But the cartel saw this as a way to sort of sneak in under the umbrella of a U.S. covert operation. Yeah, I'm looking here at an excellent article you wrote for Salon.com dated October 25th uh, about John Kerry being uh, involved in the exposure of the Contra cocaine scandal. It does appear that in early 1986, you write, the 42-year-old Massachusetts Democrats stood almost alone in the U.S. Senate demanding answers about the emerging evidence that CIA-backed Contras were filling their coffers by collaborating with drug traffickers. It sounds like Kerry was a prime mover in getting Iran-Contra really investigated properly. That's true. Uh, the, uh, when we did our first story for AP on the Contra cocaine connection, uh, and, uh, it was Kerry who picked up on it. Uh, he was a freshman senator at the time, and uh, he assigned people from his, his personal staff to look into it, uh, and, they, uh, and they began to develop their own evidence. We also know that, uh, now based on material we have since then, that the CIA tried to obstruct that investigation. Uh, evidence was, was withheld from the Senate uh, and from Kerry. Uh, there were efforts to discredit his witnesses, even though the government knew there was a lot of truth to what they were saying. So Kerry faced this brunt. Uh, but the worst part, the troubling part, was that for various reasons, the major news organizations um, had been pretty much brought to heel by the Reagan-Bush crowd at this point. They'd been sort of housebroken. Yeah. And so the New York Times and the Washington Post, the L.A. Times, did not, did not give much credence to these stories, even as the evidence kept building up and building up. There was a, they, basically, the New York Times almost led the way in, in, in trying to debunk the contra-cocaine connection uh, despite the overwhelming evidence, uh, and and that kind of that created an institutional uh, momentum uh, by the major papers to to make sure the story never was given much credence. And and John Kerry took a brunt of this when he 
he came out with a report in '89, which said that it was probably the first government report ever to say that the U.S. government had been collaborating with drug traffickers. Uh, this was an official Senate report, and um, it didn't even make the front page of these papers. They they all kissed it off with little brief stories inside. We need to we need to to to, to, to emphasize that uh, the fact that Kerry was vindicated, as was Gary Webb, eventually, but. Um, to backtrack a bit, I remember so well, I'm, I'm riding along in the car, and I hear an announcement from Ed Meese in November of 86 that uh, that the Attorney General, Ronald Reagan's longtime friend from his days as a governor here in California, announces that, um, yeah, profits from secret U.S. arms sales to Iran, uh, they'd been diverted to help fund the Nicaraguan Contras. Like, oh yeah, and by the way... That was November 25th, 1986, um, and that was... When the when when basically the the first real line of, of cover-ups uh, gave way, uh, we had uh, at AP we had done some we continued to do stories on Oliver North's operation. The White House had continued to lie about it. Uh, then a plane of, that was part of uh, uh, North's network was shot down over Nicaragua, and one of the one of the people on board, Eugene Hassabis, survived. He started talking. Uh, we got all the documents from the plane, which led back to other uh, other parts of the White House. We, we began to piece this together much more fully. Yeah, my my recollection, Robert, was that Hassan Fus, as captive by the Nicaraguans, comes forward to say that this is an operation being run from Vice President Bush's office. Right, that the CIA and Vice President Bush's office were running the operation, and that was uh, vehemently denied by uh, by George Bush Sr., as well as by... Ronald Reagan and a number of other people—they were simply lying. Uh, this, you know, they, basically, their claim was there was no U.S. government connection to the flight, which was flat out wrong, of course. But uh, that was their story, and they were going to stick to it. What we saw really after the after after Mises' announcement of the Iran-Contra connection was, as much as that was a disclosure of some interesting information, certainly, we saw the replacing of the earlier cover-up with a new cover-up. And the second cover-up was really to lay the blame at Oliver North's door and throw in John Poindexter, his boss at the National Security Council, and, and Bill Casey by, by the fall of, uh, of 86. Uh, Casey had collapsed with brain cancer and was dying. So he was kind of tossed in, <laughs> into the... Inconvenient fall guy. Yeah. Right. These are all fall guys. And North even said this when he testified in 87, his famous testimony in 87. He said, this, there was a fall guy plan, and I'm the fall guy. Uh, and that was true. May have been one of the few times Ali North told the truth. Well, actually, much of his testimony in in eighty six in eighty seven was true. It was his, it was his testimony to Congress in 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 private session in eighty six when they were first asking about his operation that he, where he lied and said that there was none. Right. But uh, and that's what they finally sort of got him on in terms of uh, the, some of the charges. But um, but we just basically saw a new cover up, and, and along with that was this was a defense line built up to protect the Contra cocaine disclosures uh, incre- with increasing uh, aggressiveness. The New York Times, in particular, started just trying to tear down that story, and uh, the very weak uh, Senate House investigation, the Iran-Contra investigation at the time, also sort of put it down and said there was nothing to it. Um, and that sort of set this tone of, that oh, that's just a conspiracy theory, uh, and even though there was all this evidence and all these witnesses coming forward by this point, uh, they're all dismissed as, as just making up their stories. You know, trying to trying to trying to uh, 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 embroider their you know stories that uh, after Iran Contra to, uh, broke to try to 
get off somehow. There was this there was this idea that that uh, that drug convicts were going to were coming forward to try to get a, a better deal for themselves by ratting out the Contras. When of course the the last thing on earth the Reagan Bush administration was going to do was reward somebody for uh, for 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 implicating the Contras in anything because the Contras were their boys, as as Reagan said, the moral equals of the founding fathers. So, so and really no, and that was never the case. People did not get you know this myth about people getting great deals and getting out of jail free cards, which is not true. It just never happened. Uh, the Justice Department never did that because it was controlled by the Republicans and by Reagan. So, and, and yet things did sort of die on the vine. But that, but because of these kinds of silly stories uh, in the major papers, it kind of died on the vine. And when Kerry uh, pressed forward on it uh, with under a great deal of uh, opposition and resistance, he was basically dismissed. Uh, and Newsweek uh, labeled him a, a Randy conspiracy buff for his work on right. this topic. Uh, so that's where it stood, really, through the 90s. It, it sort of, some more evidence bubbled up at the time of the Noriega trial. Remember, we invaded Panama to arrest Noriega. Right. Noriega had been involved in with his drug deals. And they, the they corroborated some of this during that trial. So, right. So, the, yeah. uh, so actually, the U.S. government puts forward witnesses who implicate Noriega, but also implicate the Contras. But in this strange world of Washington journalism, while that was recognized, it was there was never any effort to... To correct or fix the record from the dismissive treatment that these allegations had gotten, and that's when Gary Webb, by you know, some years later in '96, he shows up with his, because he's come up, he's come upon information in in Los Angeles from a case there, showing that some of the Contra cocaine had had, had filtered into the crack cocaine epidemic in South Central Los Angeles and and other cities in the United States, and of course that was had been devastating, especially to the African American communities. Uh, our, our guest is Robert Perry. We're talking uh, uh, to him. He's, he's been the author of Lost History, Contras, Cocaine, the Press, and Project Truth. He's uh, most recently uh, penned a, uh, a tribute to Gary Webb, America's Debt to Journalist Gary Webb, which is available on the web at consortiumnews.com. Uh, uh, please stay with us. We'll be back after this short break. You're listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. This is KDVS 90.3 FM, Davis, Sacramento. <laughs> 